As we celebrate Easter, we remember that Jesus rose from the dead. It was on the third day after being crucified that he was resurrected. But could someone really come back to life? Stay tuned. So there's this tremendous change, just as Jesus said, when that seed dies in the ground, it isn't the end. This is Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal. I'm Chris O'Brien with the Institute for Creation Research. Easter is a special time for Christians. This is the time of year that we celebrate one of the most fantastic events in history, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But is it really possible that Jesus came back to life? Can we believe this account with our minds as well as our hearts? I invite you to stay tuned for the next 15 minutes as we talk about the resurrection and what we can learn about it from nature. In 1 Corinthians 15 verses 12 through 22 it says, Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead, and become the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Dr. Thomas Kindle is founder and president of Reasons for Faith Apologetics Ministries in Eagle Point, Oregon. It's interesting that in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, the scripture points out that there is definitely going to be a resurrection, that this is a, you know, our hope and our promise that Christ is the first fruits. You know, he has gone through death uh, for us and before us. He is the forerunner. And he has proven by his resurrection from the dead, which declared with power that he is God manifest in human flesh, that he is God the Son, the, the Son of God. Uh, he has proven that there is life beyond death. Jim Stambaugh is a professor at Michigan Theological Seminary. And then Paul goes on to argue that yeah, this really is a valid hope. And he bases his argument on yeah, not just his own witness account, but he says that there's others, there are more than 500 who have seen Christ. And his bottom line is, if this does not give us hope, then we are of all men most to be pitied. Because if Christ is in, still in the tomb, yeah, there is no rationale at all for the Christian faith. So if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, then our faith is based on lies. But could something as fantastic as resurrection really be true? Well, actually, the Creator has demonstrated this concept of death to life throughout his creation, living analogies for the resurrection. Take, for example, the monarch butterfly. Before taking on its new life, the old caterpillar must cease to exist. Jules Poyer, author of the book From Darkness to Light to Flight, explains how this amazing transformation from caterpillar to butterfly begins in the cocoon. Inside, below the golden crown portion of the chrysalis, everything turns to a green liquid inside the chrysalis, which means the goal of the pupa of the butterfly 
uh, turns to a green liquid except for the, the inside of the shell, which is the cell wings, will become the wings of the butterfly. Um, inside the gold crown, there is also a heart. It's about a tenth of an inch in diameter. It's a red heart. It beats about 60 beats per minute. And so this... Uh, this heart's the only thing that you can see that's actually moving. The chrysalis becomes very quiet, very soft, composed mostly of antibiotics, 15% chlorophyll, most of it water. And there is an amazing development taking place in this watery substance. On the seventh day, sixth day we'll say, or the seventh day, in one day's time 12,000 lenders are made. Each one of these lenders has six sides. Each one of these lenders has uh, six sides figured, and there's six nerve endings come out at the bottom and it has a variable radome light that can vary the intensity of light. Each one of these nerve endings has an output voice that goes from 0 to 20 millivolts proportional to the intensity of light. And then, uh, so that makes uh, 72,000 nerve endings, six from each of the 12,000 lenders, or 6,000 lenders in each eye, go to a little pin-sized brain and that brain has to figure out how to see images that are as accurate as one millimeter in diameter. On the seventh day, the butterfly has all of its intestines and wings developed inside this one-inch-long chrysalis. And not long afterward, a beautiful butterfly emerges from this chrysalis. And according to Jim Stambaugh, this process is an analogy of the resurrection. As it makes that wonderful transition from a, oh, a caterpillar making its cocoon and then being transformed. Now that is all covered by its own basic genetic makeup. And, but yet this is a picture of what we can see in the resurrection. Uh, and here you have someone that is transformed by the power of God from one who was dead to one who was alive. And yet what we can see from nature, again pictured in the resurrection, being transformed by the power of God. Another picture of resurrection is the transformation made by the tadpole. Dr. Gary Parker is adjunct professor of biology for ICR and director of Genesis Ministries in Florida. In the uh, transition from tadpole to frog, uh, the tadpole actually resorbs its tail. Uh, it actually digests itself. And so there are special chemicals inside the cell that are triggered into action that break down the, the uh, material in the tail, resorb it so it's used as food to help it uh, change into a frog. Obviously, that has to be well-designed ahead of time. <laughs> Those enzymes that dissolve yourself would be, uh, you know, kind of hard to come up with by time and chance. You might dissolve the wrong end or something horrible like that. Now, it was planned ahead of time. This transformation of tadpole to frog is a wonderful picture of what will someday happen to the children of God. In the twinkling of an eye, we will be transformed from our earthly bodies to new eternal ones that will live forever with the Father. And now as the season changes, we see a demonstration of new life all around us. Spring is the season in which new animal babies are being born. Trees that have stayed dormant for winter come to life, and plants begin to bloom. One such plant that shows new life is the resurrection fern. That term refers to uh, plants uh, that uh, look like they're dead. They dry up, and actually if you, if you pick one and rub it in your hand, it just uh, crumbles like, like a dry leaf. Uh, it's almost powder, and yet after just a little bit of rain, they soften up and green up uh, very quickly. One time I even did an experiment with our resurrection plant. I uh, took the hose and sprayed across it in striped patterns, 
and it looked like I had a zebra plant, nice soft green in places and dull, crunchy brown in other places. Surprisingly enough, uh, we even have a resurrection fern uh, right outside uh, our window at the Creation Adventures Museum uh, here in Arcadia, Florida. Even though this is normally a wet environment, in fact, very wet recently in flood conditions, <laughs> uh, it, still there are periods of dryness. And uh, that fern just uh, crumples up again to a powdery, crunchy brown, uh, but the least little moisture, and boy, it springs back to life again, kind of a reminder of uh, how we're dead in our trespasses and sins and and how God can can soften our hearts and bring us to to fresh, uh, vibrant life. The Creator has given us several living pictures of the resurrection in nature. But do these scientifically prove that resurrection is scientifically possible? No. They're only analogies that the Creator has placed in our world. However, there's great historical evidence that Jesus did in fact raise from the dead. And although the Bible is in perfect harmony with science, there are times in which the all-powerful creator of the universe has stepped into time and performed miracles beyond the realms of man's scientific understanding, like the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And when we accept God's word in faith, it gives us a new hope. Dr. Thomas Kindle. That's the promise that we have. Yes, there is going to be death, but because someone has paid the penalty for death, someone has gone through death for us, someone has resurrected from the dead and shown that there is life beyond the grave, who is our forerunner, we can have the faith that when we die, we will be like that seed, and uh, we will be sown, as it says in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, in weakness and in dishonor, because as, as we know, because of the curse, we get old and we degenerate and by the time we die, we're in pretty sad shape. But the contrast is that we are raised in power and in glory and immortality. And so there's this tremendous change, just as Jesus said, when that seed dies in the ground, it isn't the end. And it's the beginning of a far, far better existence, a far more abundant and glorious existence. But to reject the truth of Scripture leads to a completely different view of eternity. This big question, you know, that the secular world has wondered about, is there life beyond death? Well, if you believe in evolution, that's very doubtful, because you're nothing but a bag of chemicals that happen by chance, and there's no ordained plan or purpose or value or meaning to your life. And if you're just an animal, it would seem that when you die, you would cease to be conscious forever. And so they, they seem to have no hope in that regard. And this idea that there is no God, and that we are nothing more than the products of random evolution, has important implications. Because if all we have is this life, then we really have nothing. We could be the richest people in the world. We could be the king of the world. We could have every pleasure this world has to offer. But it's only temporary. And if you're just an animal, when you die, you won't even have the comfort of a memory that, gee, once I was king of the world, you won't even have a memory of what happened. You'll just cease to be conscious forever. Your life becomes a, a worthless, cruel joke with no meaning, no purpose. And to me, that was the, the ultimate torture, you know, to feel that life had no meaning and that I had no hope beyond the grave. And although many believe that the grave will be the end to life, the Bible tells us something much different. Daniel chapter 12, verse 2 says, And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. But as Christians, we do have hope. This to me is such a marvelous thing because I, I grew up, you know, believing in evolution, doubting the existence of God, and I always feared death. To me, death was such a horrible thing, you know, the unknown and, and uh, seeming, you know, no hope beyond the grave. And for me, the, the truth of 1 Corinthians 15, that we don't have to fear death, 
that, that he has destroyed the fear of death, which held men in bondage for ages. Uh, to me, that's the most glorious truth. But the resurrection is such a marvelous hope that this is just a temporary life. It is a probationary world. We have a temporary body. If that body dies, like Jesus said, if the seed is sown and it dies, then it will bring forth much fruit. Then it will have a better existence in a much more abundant way. And this is the message of the Creator. The promise and the truth of the resurrection is really the central doctrine of Christianity. It is the victory over death and sin that gives us eternal life, and knowing that we have hope beyond the grave, and that death does not have a victory, and that its sting is gone, because we know that we'll be resurrected with an immortal and eternal body and spend eternal life with God. That's what it's all about. That's the whole enchilada. That's the most important thing we can embrace in this life, is to have that eternal life with God through Jesus Christ, and to not fear the power of the grave, because we can rise victorious over it through Jesus Christ. As our program comes to a close, we hope that you've been encouraged. It's our desire at ICR to show that the Bible can be trusted, both historically and scientifically, and to give facts that will build your faith. As Christians, we need to understand the scientific basis for our beliefs. We pray that this program will aid you in your discovery of science and the Bible. You know, most people aren't aware that today there are thousands of scientists that are convinced of the truth of biblical creation and not evolution. Our non-denominational ministry aims to restore and strengthen the Genesis foundations of the Christian faith. If you've enjoyed today's edition of Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, why not visit us on the web to find out more about the work of ICR. The address is www.icr.org. Again, www.icr.org. Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, is a production of ICR. For the Institute for Creation Research, I'm Chris O'Brien. Thanks for tuning in.